other verse since him, since um, other one is it? of the same song. Yeah. Since I met God. Lord Jesus Christ, how many agree that he touched me? Hallelujah. And how many are experiencing the joy that floods their souls? Amen. We really thank God. And how many have come with expectations? How many have come with expectations? Amen. Maybe let's say, because how many believe in the power of positive confession. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe let's just say, I have an expectation in this service. You can say it like you mean it. I have an expectation in this service for God to be glorified and for the devil to be horrified. And I, as a believer, edified. God bless you richly. Now, without God bless you, musicians, as we turn to our Bibles. Let's read Joshua, the chapter chapter 1, verse 8. I know you, you were blessed last Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I see it, a Christian walk. Amen. Amen. And we had a great time in Men's Bridge as well. It was a blessed time. Joshua chapter 1. Actually, we can read 
from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. Let's read it together now. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. That the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun. Moses minister. Saying, I wonder why the Bible does not say God's minister and say Joshua Moses minister. Hallelujah. And right there, there's just a, a sermon that can explode out. I believe that no minister in the message has got the right to be a minister unless you are the prophet's minister. What does it mean? It means that you have no message. You echo the message that it was with the prophet. I've got no message this morning. I'm just going to echo what Malachi 4 has already said. Every minister in the message is an assistant to Brother Brennan. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan. Thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon even unto the great river. The river Euphrates. And all the land of the Hittites. And unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun. shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Church, you've got to believe this. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land. Which I saw unto thy fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. That thou mayest prosper. Whithersoever thou goest. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Be strong and be of good courage. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. To the saints which are at Ephesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace. From God our Father. And from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? You are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Do you believe that? You are blessed with all spiritual... If there is any blessing that is in Christ, you are blessed with that blessing. And we'll go through those blessings this morning. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful. Songs of Zion have been sung unto thee. We have come into your presence with great expectation. We mean it when we say we want you to be glorified and for the devil to be horrified and I as a believer to be edified. We are going to be edified this morning that every man and woman should find their position because a position brings a positional victory. But the only thing that can bring us into our positions, it is the word of God. We pray for these people, dear God. You know their battles, you know their needs. And this morning, may you minister to every need that may be in the building, even for those that may not have been here because they are sick and afflicted. I'm sending a prayer their way. Touch them and make them whole in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. This morning, I just want us to speak on 
another another efficiency can I have a slight volume here another efficiency amen that's what I want to speak on another efficient hallelujah uh, if you are a message reader you would know brother Branham says the book of Joshua parallels the book of Ephesians hallelujah and if you are a message reader again you would know that God is perfected in three there were three exodus so that means that there must be three Ephesians hallelujah you cannot have uh, exodus without having the book of Joshua because Exodus, it is an exit book, but the book of Joshua, it's an entrance book. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And as a result, we are told, Brother Bram tells us that Jesus Christ came uh, through the seven age, church ages. It was the second Exodus. And in the end time, Brother Branham speaks about the third Exodus. And as a result, if you come out of something, you have to enter into something. Hallelujah. Now, maybe just to build my case here uh, with quotations, just a, a couple of quotations, and then we'll take it from there. Amen. Uh, I wonder whether you have picked up... We normally say, when we quote Brother Branham, we don't say Brother Branham said. We say Brother Branham says. Amen. It's not just a grammar. It is just to tell you that it is in current times. Hallelujah. His message is still relevant even now. Amen. We don't quote him in past tense because he is our messenger. Amen. Now, Brother Brenham says in the message, Shalom, paragraph 223, he says, all the New Testament speaks of this hour. Jesus Christ speaks of this hour. What is it spoken in uh, New Testament? If you say to this mountain, be moved, it shall be moved. Brother Bram say, all the New Testament speaks of this hour. And Jesus Christ speaks of this hour. Amen. Now, in the message, the God who is rich in mercy, paragraph 3-0, Brother Bram says, as I was speaking last Sunday on Ephesians, how that the book of Joshua was the Ephesians of the Old Testament and how it was a book of redemption. And it says redemption has two different paths, come out of and entering into. Are we together, folks? I've realized that some manage to come out, 
but they don't enter into. And between coming out of and entering into, there is a wilderness that you've got to navigate around. And some perish in the wilderness, but some make it through the wilderness. And even in this time, we have come out and we are entering into, and some have been perished in the wilderness. First, you have to come out. Some people wanted to bring the world in with them. As they left Egypt, some wanted to bring Egypt with them. Don't bring Egypt, leave it behind. And our Egypt today was the denominational system. Don't bring it along, leave it behind. But you, you've got to come out of the world to enter into Christ. You have to come out of unbelief to enter into faith. There cannot be one thing in your way. To really have genuine faith, you must absolutely leave everything that's contrary to the word of God behind to enter into faith. Are you with me, people? Now he continues, he says, and that was the book of Ephesians of the Old Testament, Joshua, where Moses represented the law and could not save no one, but grace could, and here Joshua, the same weight like Jesus, Jehovah's Savior. Now, then, we find out that we have to come. We have, we have come to another Ephesians, another Ephesus now, where that in our intellectual denominations and so forth, and all our educational programs has got to come, has come to its Jordan. Then we must have an Ephesians again. We must have an exodus to come out and to go into for the rapture. Are you still with me? Paragraph in the message, Paradox, paragraph 67, he says, So has the church world in this last day, it's come along, it's played its part. But there's coming a time where it must cease, it must do it. There's got to be an efficiency also of this journey. Just as the ones of other journeys, there has to come an efficiency, an Ephesus, an efficient of this journey. Watch. But we are promised according to Revelation 10 and according to Malachi 4 and St. Luke 22 verse 17, and so forth, that there's got to come an efficiency to this. There is promised, uh, there is promised, friends, there must come an efficiency, and that these sevenfold mysteries of the word of God must be unfolded. And it's in the Laodicean age that this takes place. I believe that we are there. I believe we are right in the shadows of the coming of the Son of God, and as Joshua, 
just before Ephesians raised up, so did John the Baptist raise up just before the next Ephesians. And we are promised another, another Ephesians. It's predicted in the scripture. Therefore, I think we are living in the Ephesians again. Back again, we are promised that what was left off during those seven church ages, how much more has he promised? How much more is it leading in the Bible to this very age that we are living the Ephesians again of the church ages? We've got seven church ages, and we are promised that at the Laodicea church age, there would be another Ephesians. And it says, how many believe that to be true? How many believe that to be true this morning? And it says, just think, by his grace, he has presented with his gospel the same thing he promised to do. Then there is a heaven, and we are going to it, and we are in this Ephesus right now. We are in this coming out of one into another. Hallelujah. Now, somebody says, but I always understood that there are seven church ages, and it started with the Ephesians church until the Laodicean church. Why is the prophet saying there's going to be another Ephesians? Let's check out this. Brother Branham, when he preached the message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed, he said something very striking right at the end of the service. The church had sung, uh, take the name of Jesus with you, Right at the end of it, he paused, and he says, Did you notice the Spirit take the same song and picking, picking it up an octave higher like that? Yes. He says, The next pull is at hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me attempt, and I know we've got to quite musically inclined, and some have studied music in this church, so I feel checked. Amen. On a music scale, we are told that there are seven notes. If musicians don't say amen, I'll get worried. Are there seven notes on the music scale, musicians? Hallelujah. Okay. Those that are not musically literate, it means do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Hallelujah. That is the musical scale. You've got only seven notes. In music, when they say we are taking it an octave higher, it does not refer that it is a new note. An octave higher, they say actually it is a first note, but a bit higher. Amen. Still, amen, musicians? Amen. I'm not, I hope I'm not manipulating you. Masuma, is it like that? All right. Brother Clement, where he is, is he's working today. Oh, is it like that? Zampayan, is it like that? All right. I'm just checking. Those are musicians. Amen. They've studied music. Amen. It means, is do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Then at the end of ti, you take the first do higher. What does it mean? The seven church ages. When you come to the last one, then you, it is the first, you go to the first one, but with more voltage. 
I don't know whether we're together here. Church, are you, are you with me? Why? It is, it is not out of cater. Brother Bram says another, when he says another Ephesians. Hallelujah. God bless you. I see Dr. Pila. God bless you. Now, when it says another Ephesians. Stay with me here. Another Ephesians. Brother Branham, when you study the message, he brings different phrases. He says, now we are in the Holy Ghost age. Then he comes around, he says, now we are in the token age. Then he comes around, he says, now we are in the bright age. Now when he speaks about another Ephesians, and let me tell you, the book of Ephesians it's a book that has got full, it's got a good spiritual nutrients. Actually, the book of Ephesians is one book that does not solve personal issues, that does not solve church issues. You get into the book of Corinthians, it is chaos. You get to the Galatians, they start with the spiritual things, they end up with the carnal things. But when he speaks to the Ephesians, he says, this one, according to the way he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. The book of Ephesians of the church of Ephesus was a well-taught church. And Brother Branham says, what is going to succeed in this hour, it is a scripturally taught church. Because there's going to be a lot of impersonations. Are you still with me? Now, let us come here where we need to speak about something here. And I'm going to use the book of Joshua as a prototype of what is happening in our time. Now, let's take it this way. When you come to the book of Joshua, uh, it starts by announcing the death of Moses. And however, the fact that Moses had died it did not mean that the message of Moses had died. Are you here, church? The fact that Brother Branham is dead, it does not mean that his message is dead. Are you still with me? Joshua had no message. The only thing that he had to do was to read what Moses has already taught and to pass what Moses has already taught to the church. The fivefold ministry have got no message. They must take the, Moses, the Moses, message of Moses and pass it to the church. And while it is Joshua, it is the Holy Ghost operating through the fivefold ministry that is operating in the church. And as Joshua put the people positionally, the Holy Ghost in this Ephesians will put the people positionally. Are you still with me? Now, and after Joshua came and was chosen by Moses, the people made a pledge, and a pledge of allegiance to Joshua. But their pledge had condition. They say, Joshua, we will follow you as long as you do not leave the teachings of Moses. That means, Joshua, your ministry will be judged on the standard that was set by the Moses ministry. Amen, amen. And that means that today, 
any minister of the gospel, their ministry has got to be judged by the standard that was left by Malachi for. But uh, the church, for the church to know the standard, the church during that time, they had to go and read the teachings of Moses. Because if you don't know the teachings of Moses, you would not know when Joshua takes you off the line. If you don't know the teachings of Brother Branham, you are not going to be known when you are going to be misled. Are you still with me? Now, a very interesting thing here, which we are going to read as we move right along. Brother Branham says, Joshua, we remember, he sent the two spies. And when he had sent those two spies to go and spy the land, then they met a a harlot by the name of Rahab. And they had a discussion with Rahab. Brother Brenham comes in the end time. He mentions something about Rahab. He says in the message, the token, paragraph 141, he says, but one little harlot, there must have been some tapey boys slip in there and played some tapes. The predestinated seed caught it and believed it. So anyhow, they got in there for a message. They had a church in that night in her house. She used her house for a church to receive the message. Are we together? Brother Branham tells you the token that Rahab was able to apply, she got the secret from the tape boys. So that means those two, Brother Branham is telling you, those were like ministers that had gone into the promised land to spy the land. Then they meet this harlot and they play the tapes. And I wonder whose tapes they were playing. They were playing the tapes of Moses. Hallelujah. And when they, she listened to the tapes of Moses, she developed a faith to believe in the God of Israel. And right there, through the tape ministry, then she had access to the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the token is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So that means today, the secret or the key to the victory in the end time is the tapes. Uh, Are you still with me? If If the tapes could change a harlot 4,000 years ago, the tapes today can change a harlot. If the tapes of Moses was able to bring a token in the end time, the tapes of Malachi 4 will bring a token. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Branham says, in this Ephesians, or the second Ephesians, there's a phrase that Paul mentioned. It says, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. And Brother Branham comes, he says, what is the heavenly place? He says, your position in Christ. Folks, not, when we refer to a position, we're not referring to being a pastor, being a deacon. It has nothing to your position as a believer in the body. That is what we call the heavenly places. 
Are you still with me? Now, just bring that quotation there, brother uh, Lucky. Are you able to see? I want us to read this together because Brother Brennan mentions what this blessing is in the message adoption, paragraph 94. He says, and you read after me to make sure that you are awake. Blessing us with what? Blessing us with what? Divine healing. Divine healing. Folks, remember the phrase says, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Are we together? If somebody, if, if your mother had to, to leave or your father had to leave some inheritance to you and say all the policies are in your name. Hallelujah. Yes, there is a time where you mourn and you cry, you feel sorry, but after some time you sober a bit and say, let's check what are in those policies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I mean, it will be very idiotic just to carry on and say, me, I don't care what my father left me. You need to go and access and make sure that everything that is in your name, you get it. Isn't so, church? So if Christ has left a blessing for you, again, you, it honors is on you to go and check what are the blessings that are there. And if you get this blessing, you will check it. Is there one more blessing that I need to go after? I, and I understand some people, all they care about is just to come to church, belong to a message church, until it becomes, you go through the motions and it becomes monotonous. I, I'm not interested in that. Because there's promises wherever your foot steps on, you will possess that ground. Hallelujah. So if I'm on the side of Lebanon, I wonder what is on the other side? What I mean, that means I need to keep on walking the land. Because the more I walk, the more I possess. Even spiritually blessing. And check, under the ministry of Moses, there is the manna reigned. But under the ministry of Joshua, they had to eat the produce of the land. But before they could eat the produce of the land, they had to drive the giants away. So that means when God takes the prophet away, a time to be babysitted is over. Because during under Moses, they only fought one war. And that war, it was not by design. It was by default. But under Joshua, the Joshua era is characterized by war. It is a war affair. Every inch of the ground, you've got to fight for. This morning, the preacher is not going to fight that for you. If you don't have the results in your life, don't blame the preacher. Hallelujah. And if the preacher is the problem, change the preacher. If the church is a problem, change the church. But the onus is on you that whatever is promised, you as an individual must access it. Are you, are you with together? So that means, that means you need to keep on pushing the boundaries and say, Satan, there must be one more blessing. And if you're on my ground, I'm going to drive you away. We are looking for a time of giant slayers here. Uh, some people think that they're going to be taken into the blessings on a rocking chair. It needs some determination. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God, the, 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 the violent take it by force. Are you here? 
So we are, we are checking what are the blessings that are there. What are we entitled to under this Ephesians? Because in the first Ephesians, which was the book of Joshua, I mean, people like Caleb, they never became weary, weary in the battle. He actually says, no, 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 give me my mountain. I need a prime spot. Give me my mountain. Uh, hallelujah. And we are looking for the people that have a Caleb spirit. After the battles, after so many years in the wilderness, after so many others have backslidden, but they are rising and say, 40 years ago, I heard the message of the hour. And 40 years later, I have not lost the enthusiasm. Give me my prime spot. And it's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Caleb says, if there are giants there, I'm more than ready to drive the giants away. And I'm looking for the people that are determined and say, God promised it in his word, and he told me that it is mine, and right now, I'm more than ready to drive the giants away. Are there giants in your marriage? You are more than capable to drive the giants away from your marriage. Are there giants in your children's life? Today, you as a believer can be determined. I will drive them away. Says, are you here? We're not looking for people that are just relaxing here. We need people that can have results. That can lift God out of history and make him a current God. And say, David, here are the results. That God is alive. And uh, today, if there is any situation that is, pre- that is a pressure point in your life, God designed it that way. Oh yes, if there is a sickness, God allowed it to come. Because he wants, Brother Bram says, this hour, we are looking for gallant men and women. Men and women that will take no, that will refuse to take no for an answer. Men and women that say, if he did not answer today, he will answer tomorrow. If he did not answer this week, he will answer next week. If he did not answer this year, he will answer next year. But no matter what, at the right time, our God shall answer and we are not going back. Forward we go. Why 40 years? Cowards have to be sifted out. People that demoralize others in the camp had to, to leave the camp. Because there, what was needed, it was people of faith. Let's read it. Blessing us with what? Divine healing. I believe that on the basis of this statement, I don't think I will be beside myself to say whenever we are gathered like this and we are in one accord, there is not a single disease that can stay in our camp. I, I believe that. I believe that there is enough power in the building to heal any disease. No matter how incurable it is, because he says, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee all of thy diseases. For knowledge. Hallelujah. Uh, on Wednesday, we were speaking about the roadmap to the new city, showing the events that will take place. That means what is happening, uh, a pulpit in the message is more accurate than uh, CNN. Amen. CNN reports what has happened, but the pulpit reports what is going to happen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. One day, CNN will say, breaking news, uh, Russia has dropped a bomb on Vatican City. And the message believers will say, that's history. We have known about this for a long time. One day, breaking news will say, Los Angeles has sung. Message believers will say, this thing is old news. What becomes breaking news to them, it is history to us. That is why you have come to the church so that you hear breaking news. And here are breaking news. There will be a church that will be without spot or wrinkle. There will be people that will go into the rapture. To us, it's a reality. But one day they'll look around and say, it has happened. The world looks in the rear mirror. But the bride has got a, a prophetic eye. For knowledge. knowledge. Revelation. Revelation. This is our what we are entitled to. So that means if something if something is not clear in the message and you read about it, you get back into the study. You get onto your knees and say, God, reveal this to me. And God, let me tell you, revelation does not require a certain uh, functional literacy. It doesn't mean that you need to be literate up to a certain point, therefore you deserve revelation. I know of a church that was just made up of um, illiterate old women, and they would send a preacher down there to preach, and after a while the preacher backslid and started preaching things that were not in the message, and the old Googles could see through it and say, no, 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 no. And they had to report to the brother to certain brothers and say, uh, this brother, what he's preaching to us is not right. <laughs> to him, he thought that because he is quite young, maybe academically inclined or equipped, he thought that uh, these ones, the Googles, they don't understand. He did not forget that you cannot take a theophany to school. Hallelujah. Why do we believe that the church can never be deceived? It's because you are hearing from your theophany. And you know, being, being a minister for the church of the living God, for the bride, it is not easy. Hallelujah. As they are sitting there and I'm sitting here, it's not easy. Ask the ministers that I normally give chance to preach here. It's not easy. Because the eye of the bride can penetrate through. Because they've got spiritual discernment. Are we together? If you're not living right, they will see it. They may not put their finger on it, but down the line they'll say, but we remember, things were not adding up. Because the bride has got discernment. There's an interaction in the spirit of faith. Revelation. Revelation. Visions. Visions. Hallelujah. We've got visions. And you still can see visions. They did not stop during the time of Brother Brenham. Hallelujah. The, uh, those that believe visions stopped during the time of Brother Brenham, they are not real believers. Real believers today can still see visions. Amen. Amen. And I know what I'm talking about. Uh, a while back, 
we had a minister. Because remember, you can do background check up to a point. Now we had a minister that came to preach for us here. And after he had preached, very wonderful service, we were blessed. And after he had preached, then a sister came into my office and said, Pastor, I want to see you. I said, okay. Then she said, don't excommunicate me for what I'm going to tell you, but I've got questions. I said, by all means, you can, can ask questions. Says the pastor that preached and the sister that he, the, one of the sisters that was here, is it a man and a wife? I said, no. Then sister says, there's something wrong in this man's life. And it involves this other woman. Then you know, you know what we do? We don't say, sister, do you think me as a pastor can find No, 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 no. No, no. I said, I took my notes. I said, say what you say, sister. I wrote down. And I closed it. I think some of the deacons, I said, I told them that the sister, this is what she told me. Then we waited. A year later, or almost two years later, it happened to the dot. Exactly how the sister said what was happening, things came to the surface. Why? This bride can never be deceived. God will anoint somebody to see through that something there is not right. And then we as ministers, we must not say, Shh, no, 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 you write it down. When it comes to pass, we say, God bless you. Are we together? But hear me out. Then I want to bring something. Obviously, I mean, if God showed you something, it comes to pass, you become excited that me, me, I can see things. Then she saw something else, uh, and it came to pass. I said, God bless you. Then she saw something else. Then it did not come to pass. Then I had to say, sister, that was from God. That was from God. This is from the David. Now, because people don't know how gifts operate, her seeing something that she saw happening, she thought, now I'm a little prophetess in church. No, sir, it is still subjected to the weight. Every time we bring the prophecy, we treat it like we are hearing it from the first time. And the only time to judge that the prophecy is right, it must come to pass. If it does not come to pass, it is not from the Lord. I know how ministers are. Because the moment she says something is right, the moment something is right, then a pastor begins to preach in the church. We've got a holy sister here. This sister can see things. The sister come and testify. The entire ministry leans against the sister. The day she crumbles, the ministry crumbles. No, say, the ministry must lean against the word of God. Because why? Gifts and callings are without repentance. And that is why a gift of prophecy must be subject to the elders. We write it down. Amen. Amen. Then we are a balanced church. 
There's another provisions. Powers. Powers. Hallelujah. Brother Bram say, I hate a powerless religion. And me, quite frankly, I hate a powerless religion. I found it very boring just to go. And that's why my family comes, they've got a background of Roman Catholic. I just hated Catholic without knowing that it is wrong. Because I just saw motions, sacrifices, even, I mean, I remember when I was still young, the priest that was there, that was stationed at the, the local uh, 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 church there, uh, one time uh, he was too drunk and even uh, forgot the car at the liquor joint, a Catholic. Then I said, I cannot belong to such church. Folks, if we say we believe in something, the first in the gospel must have power over us. To make us to overcome our habits, to overcome our shortcomings, then therefore we can say, this gospel has got power. Tongues. Oh, this is where message believers become very jittery. God can still make a person to speak in tongues. But after you spoke in tongues, there must be an interpretation. Least the unbelievers think that we have gone mad. That's what Paul says. Are we together? But uh, you, do you see how sometimes as we move, certain things we say, no more need of them. But I'm not saying here yeah, we need to come and idolize tongues. Because tongues is not the sign that you've got the Holy Ghost. You can even demons speak in tongues. Uh, and uh, these days I've picked up even Pentecostal ministers. If he preaches and he wants to demonstrate that anointing is in the building, he starts saying, Ramakafakara. That's a bunch of nonsense. There's got to be an interpretation. And people that are not, uh, are not scripturally trained, they hear ministers saying that, they say, hey, he's got an anointing. Anointing for what? Are uh, we together? It says, let's look at Bram says, tongues, interpretations. Uh, you can repeat that, interpretations. Wisdom. There must be wisdom in the church of God. Hallelujah. How elders deal with matters, there must be wisdom. Amen. Knowledge. All the heavenly blessings. We want the whole class to join us. Some we have lost them along the way. All the heavenly blessings. And joy unspeakable. You've got to be happy. It, it is. Have you ever seen our generation, young people, when they say, you know, it is my right. You, it is your right spiritually to be happy. And if you are not happy, then you need to find out what has gone wrong. Because there is a promise that you must be happy. And your prophet say, a human heart was made to be happy. If you are not happy, then you must say, what is happening? And full of glory... Every heart filled with the Spirit. Walking together. together. We will walk together. 
that, me, that's my expectation. I believe that when I lead the church here, I'm not leading group or sex. I'm leading a group that is full of the Holy Ghost that is going into the rapture. I believe I'm leading a group that even materially, material will never divide them. Hallelujah. I believe I'm leading a group that jealousy can never dominate in their midst. Come on, you can say amen to that. Are you here, sister? If another sister's got uh, good shoes, you don't go around and be jealousy. No, no, no. no. You become happy for the poor sister. Jealousy is of the devil. Jealousy is of the devil. And there is nothing that divides a church like jealousy. And today, even pastors can be jealous of the sheep. Goodness, that's madness. It's like a parent being jealous of the children. That's pure madness. When a, when a pastor pastors you, he wants you to prosper. Oh, yes, he wants to be pro. And I said to the other time, we somewhere and somebody said, uh, what is your greatest wish about your church? I said, I want all men in my church to be able to provide for their families. And not to lack. And I said, second to that, I want every man to be honorable to their marriage vows. And I said, I want every sister to respect their husband the way Sarah respected Abraham. Uh, Are we together? Those are the expectations that we have. And those are the expectations when I go to God, I say, on behalf of the church, this is what we need for the assembly. Because if you're a man who cannot be able to provide, you may not be able to lead your family. Amen. Amen. It's tough for being broke and trying to maintain law in the family. It's tough for your girl child to tell you, you are not doing anything for me. And you ask, where did you get that necklace from says this is none of your business it's heartbreaking and what is happening if men are stable they are able to be a standard that their daughters can use to sift through the junk that is called men This guy doesn't look like my dad. He's a junk. I will not lower my standard. I know a brother in this church every, I believe almost once a Friday, he takes his daughter out, two of them out, go and dine out, take her around just to spend time with her. That's leadership. So do you think if such a girl has been raised by this man, another boy down the road will impress the girl and say, let's go to spare. The girl will just look at that little boy and say, ah, spare, no, 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 no. I don't like the smell of food there. My dad has taken me many a times there. Sometimes our girls fall for cheap things 
because we have not deposited much in them. We have been very shallow on how we interact with them. Amen. Amen. See, brother, don't just say the sister will go and buy this, my girl address. You must go and address hunting sometime. And come back and say, sweetheart, this is your dress. Dad has gone out to buy you this dress. When she dresses, you say, you look awesome. Every girl must know that I'm the greatest. My dad is my greatest fan. Because when she believes like that, she would not want to disappoint you. Can I get an amen in the name of Amen. Most, I feel led not to live here. Most young girls run around with boys not because they are promiscuous. It's because they are trying to look for their dads in boys. I hope it has sunk in. Full of glory. Every heart filled with the Spirit. Walking together. Setting together in heavenly places. Not one evil thought among us. Not one cigarette smoked. Not one short dress. Not this. That or the other. Not one evil thought. Nobody got anything against one another. Ah, this one I want you all of you to read it. Nobody got anything against one another. I was somewhere as I was traveling and the, this person came and said, you know, me and the certain sister, we are not getting along. I say, goodness, how did you know? Says I could see it. I say, if God made you to see it, that means he must give you the solution to fix it. You know what the sister loves. Cook whatever she loves and invite her over at your place. Or you go to her place. Are you here, sisters? Uh, this thing that sisters, they don't talk to each other. It is a backward mentality. I will not even call it a demon. It's just a backward mentality. Hallelujah. Real, real women stand shoulder to shoulder. Support each other. Pray for each other. I, can I get an email from sisters? If you were to tell another woman your issues and she make your issues and say, ah, look, you don't know what is happening. Because you know people pass a statement. If a, a sister tells another sister and say, I've got a problem with my husband, and the day the brother wants to show off and say, hey, uh, I'm opening the door for my, my wife here, and the other one just say to the others and say, only if you know what was happening. <laughs> That's not how sisters are like. It's real sisters pray for one another. And the moment somebody tells you something, that is very private. It means they've got a level of confidence in you. Never ever compromise it in any way. If you ever compromise it in any way, you are not going to be told anything. And actually you are going to be useless in the kingdom of God because you are not going to edify anybody. Can I get an amen on that one? 
Nobody got anything against one another. Everybody speaking in love and harmony. Hallelujah. And this as a pastor, you know, if there is good news that I really consider to be good news is when a brother comes to me and says, Pastor, you don't know. That brother is a good brother. This is what I don't appreciate negative talk. Absolutely, I I don't appreciate that. The the moment you say something to me about somebody, I pick up the call, we call the person, and we're going to sit to the three of us. Then I'm going to ask you right in front of me and say, hey, brother, you told me about this brother. How far are we with that issue? Because some people can make you a garbage of their nonsensical issues. Hallelujah. If you come to me, you speak good about somebody. If somebody has done something wrong, you don't go to the pastor's office. You go to the individual and say, my sister, can we talk aside? This is what I have observed. And you fix it together, then you pray together. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that is going to work if you do it like that? It has worked for me. It's not easy to gossip with me. Absolutely, it's not easy. Amen. A young man in the spirit was asking me, he says, Pastor, what you deem has been the most, one thing that has been very critical to your success as a pastor. I said, one thing for sure, God has given me awesome believers and awesome board members, spiritual men, men that know that we measure things based on how they are done. And furthermore, what has helped me is that I'm the kind of person that I would never want to creep any secret from the church. If there's any matter, I always want it not to go through the grapevine. I'll be the first one to come in front of the pulpit and say, this is the matter, this is what happened, this is how we dealt with it. Because transparency between the pastor and the church is what makes this relationship to be stable. And I said, in life, never ever sweep anything under the cover. Everything that comes on your table as a pastor, make sure that it is resolved scripturally. Because if you sweep it under the cover, 10 years down the line, somebody's going to pull it out of the cover and you are on the back foot. And if that happens, it should happen in families as well. Everybody with one accord in one place. Then suddenly there come from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind. Brother Bram says, there you are. Has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. Now let's check when in the first Exodus or in the book of Joshua. Joshua tells them that, listen. We are going to cross Jordan. The first thing that they crossed was River Jordan. And Brother Branham teaches us that Jordan symbolizes death. 
And it says the first people that had to be in the front that were carrying the ark, it had to be the priests. The priest had to go into Jordan first. And what does it mean? It means if you aspire for a role in the ministry, you've got to die to your own self. You've got to die unto your own ideas and traditions. Are we together? And not only the ministers, but the whole church must go through Jordan. That means every person must die unto themselves. Are you still with me? Now, after they crossed the Jordan, the first thing that they did, they erected an altar, which means a worship was restored amongst them. And another thing that immediately happened after Jordan, manna ceased on the other side of Jordan, and they ate the fruits of the land. Are you still with me? That means they are leaving Egypt. It was a miraculous deliverance. Them being in the wilderness, supernatural provisions. But on the other side of Jordan, it was personal responsibility. So that means how much are you going to eat? It is based on how much land you have fought for. Are we together? But another thing that he did on the other side of Jordan, there was circumcision in Gilgal. What does it mean? That means they had to cut the flesh. That means even in this Ephesians, we must cut off the flesh. Hallelujah. Not walk by the flesh, but by walk by faith. Hallelujah. Being spiritual beings. Are we together? Now, on the other side of Jordan, Joshua meets a mysterious man. And he says, who are you? Are you with us or against us? Then he says, no, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. And we find out that that same mysterious man is the same one that was the pillar of fire. is the same one that was a cloud. But on the other side of Jordan, he had become a military man with a sword out. So that means in this battle, the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's battle. Are you still with me? Now, after, the, after he had met that man... Then they went around Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day, they went around Jericho seven times. And the walls of Jericho crumbled. So that means under this efficiency, after the seven church ages, after the seven church messengers, after the seven virtues, and after the seven seal, right after the seven seal, the denominational walls must crumble. Are you still with me? And why am I saying that? Because right when they were in the promised land, they were supposed to go and fight with I. And when they got there, the instruction was that you take nothing from those people. But what happened to the man called Achan got attracted to a Babylon garment and stole it. And when he stole it, what happened? Many died. And Joshua said, wait a minute. We were ours told that there will be no casualties. Something has gone wrong. Let us stop the battle. And folks, when things are not going right, we've got to stop the battle because we must say, this is not what was promised according to the word of God. If our young men go haywire, we must stop and say, that's not what we were promised. Are you still with me? 
And Brother Brenham here in the message, the anointed ones at the end time, paragraph 224, he says, remember, you couldn't feed a Lutheran back in them days, a, a Catholic Icarion. No, say he had fresh meat. That was that church age. You couldn't feed Methodist Lutheran message. Oh, no, he didn't want that Icarion. It's rotten. See, the life had done left it and went into something else. That's the old stock that's dead back there. The life is moving on. Neither, neither can you fit the bride of Jesus Christ. Pentecostalism. Neither can you fit the church of God. Pentecostalism. And I believe a lot of times Pentecostals used to look up to us but it looks like today message believers look up to the Pentecostals. Okay, let's dissect it a bit. What are you looking up to them for? A lot of times this message has got people that have been around. They may not be perfect. But mom and dad, as much as they were not perfect, you see them aging together. But there, as soon as she ages, he looks around for a younger one. Is that what you are desiring? Are we together? So you cannot feed the bride Pentecostalism. And what is going to make you overcome in this hour? It depends on what you are feeding on. And folks, material success alone is not enough. I was reading about a heartbreaking story that happened here in Weedbank. Absolutely terrible. A young man that was successful, successful driving Ferraris, owning mansions, married to a young lawyer, a 30-year-old young man, married to a 26-year-old young lady who is an attorney. But one day they were coming from somewhere and they got into their estate house and they started fighting and she took out a knife and stepped this young man and he collapsed and died right there while they were drunk. I'm not saying material is wrong, but I'm saying above everything, seek the kingdom of God first. And when you have sought the kingdom of God, it is the one that will come and balance this. Are we together? I hope we are together. Now, on the other side of Jordan, we see that when they were fighting, then Joshua realizes that they are running out of time. And he looks around, he looks at the sun, and he says, Sun, stand still. And the sun listened to the human voice. And the sun stood still there. What was happening? It was the third pool ministry during his time. And in the end time, as it was with Joshua, when the Holy Ghost is in you, you can stop the elements. You can look at the mountain in your life and say, mountain, move! And the mountain has got to move. Brother Branham says, you don't realize the amount of power that you have. He says, if it was not the loss of faith, you can recreate a new world and go and live in it. But what's the problem? The problem is because the devil is flooding these negative messages of self-doubt, 
that triggers unbelief and we look miserable while we've got something that can change the course of events. But for that, you need faith. But under this Ephesians, we need it to be positionally placed. We need to fight for every inch of the ground. The greatest tragedy that I've picked up in the end time is that whenever we testify to somebody about the message and we say, uh, God has sent the prophet and they say they accept the message, they think that from that time on, things are going to go right. Remember, you were not the enemy number one of Satan when you were living there in the world. As soon as you declare your faith and your allegiance to Jesus Christ, there's going to be a battle. Things are going to go haywire. But what we are looking for is a determination from you to say, God, I'm still in control of this situation. You are still in control of this situation. It can look terrible, can look bad, but I know when all is said and done, I'm coming out as a victor out of this situation. But that, it needs determination. And let me tell you something, folks. When, you, when we were on this other side of Jordan, People, there were times when Moses would come and hear what Dathan and Korah and what they thought and try to appeal and say, no, I'll ask God to do one to... On the other side of Jordan, that does not happen. That means on this side, you babysit people. But on the other side, you don't babysit people. Let's check out here. On this other side, they never fought against the giants accepted the war that I mentioned, which was by default. But on the other side, it was the whole land was full of giants. And they had to drive the giants away. Under Moses' ministry, there were no giants to be fought against. Manna rained. Water came from the rock. But on the other side, they had to make sure that they've got their sort out because it was now a battle zone. It was a time of warfare. When Brother Branham was around, none of the people ever criticized the message. None of, he actually made a challenge a lot of times. He says, if, you, if, if what I say is not the truth or does not come to pass, come and put a big sign at my back and say, false prophet, I'll go down the street. No one responded to that challenge. But as soon as Brother Branham was taken off the sea, scene, then the giants began to rise. There it was the heady tide. To the Jebusite, today is the website. <laughs> During Brother Branham's time, they were not there. You know why they were not there? It's because the prophet was around. And a lot of times, whenever they criticized, he could search in their life and tell a man and say, actually, last night you did not sleep at home. Actually, you are in a certain room or tent. I see the colors like this. And right there, men were afraid. I remember when he challenged them and said, whoever challenged me, come and stand on my right hand. Ministers went silent. Because they knew that the prophetic eye will look into their life and will bring things to the surface. Hallelujah. Folks, I want to say this to you. And I'm not even ashamed to say it to you. Any person that has been in the message, loved the message, and was baptized in the message, the moment they leave the message and say something is wrong, search deeper, something has gone wrong in their lives. Uh, are you with me? Uh, there's a certain young man that said, message has got no power. I say, goodness, the young man has lost her power. 
this and that and later realize that he is the one that impregnated a girl somewhere. But because he did something wrong, they've got no shame. They are unable to say, I wrong to God. And I want to be delivered. No, the first thing that they go is to go on the internet and type. But I'm glad that no website will compromise the good standing of the bride of Jesus Christ. Despite the website, there will be a church. Hallelujah. Despite the people that are leaving the messenger and leaving the message, there will be other people that will rise on the scene. Hallelujah. Men and women that were not in the meetings of Brother Brenham. But they will say, although we were not there, we have had a report like Rahab of the old, and we believe in the God of William Brenham. Are you here, people? Dathan and Gora, they walked, they walked with Moses. But that never gave them the rapture, the faith to arrive in the promised land. I don't care whether a man slept with a prophet or hunted with a prophet. It means absolutely nothing. I'm looking at the life of Christ in a man. I mean, the issue that I was hunting with Brother Brenham and he made coffee and I was there with him and I used his gun, it means nothing to me. Especially when you come around and deny the same messenger. Jesus said, blessed are those that will believe even though they have not seen. And I'm saying in the end time, blessed are these people. They were not in Brother Brenham's meeting, but they know he was a true messenger of God. What happened? Their hearts attend. There is a special effect that this ministry has had upon them. I was talking to Brother Joseph uh, Lubanza. You remember he had a testimony where a war broke out in Congo and they were supposed to come and kill them and they had besieged the house in which they were in and one soldier stomped into the house and when he got into the house there was a, uh, uh, a picture of the cloud and the picture of Brother Brenham of the pillar of fire. The soldier came in there and they were ready to ambush them or to kill them and one soldier said wait a minute looked at the picture of the cloud and he turned around and he said no 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 no. these ones we are not killing them we actually must protect this house then he asked them and said do you believe in the message of William Brenham they said yes we believe in the message of William Brenham the house that was supposed to be attacked it ended up being protected why? Because there was a picture of the cloud hanging on the cross. Do you think, do you, think you can tell Brother Joseph Lebanon and say, ah, clouds is nothing, it was just a, a plane on that day. Nonsense! He has seen the result of that cloud were in a moment of difficulty. There are people that can talk them out of the experience of the message, but there are people that will never talk them out of the experience of the message because they were there in combat zone with Satan and God came down and when he came down they were delivered and they can never renounce God folks I say there are people that will never go back pastors will backslide but there are people that will never go back 
Churches will backslide, but there are people that will never go back. Wives will leave them, there are people that will never go back. Husbands will leave them, but there are people that will never go back. Hallelujah. And I'm saying I'm one of those people. I will never go back. The church can go back, but I'm not going back. My family can go back, I'm not going back. Boy, it reminds me of the time where they had a boy, it was a battle, and they had a boy that was playing drums. And they taught them that when we win, this is how you beat the drums. It is a victory beat. And they went into the battle, and they were losing the battle, and the commander shouted to the boy, Boy, stop that beat! Don't play the victory beat, play the defeat beat. And the boy says, They never taught me how to play the defeat beat. He kept on playing the victory beat. And today, the bride of Jesus Christ does not know a defeat beat. Hallelujah. We only know onward Christian soldiers. Forward we go, backward never. Hallelujah. We are not going back, folks. We are going forward. Every inch of the ground is ours. Hallelujah. Wherever your soul of your feet to tread upon, that ground is yours. Oh, hallelujah. If I had such a promise, and I'm in the, in the promised land, I was going to run. I was going to run around. Because wherever I run, I possess. And today, under this Ephesians, run. Walk over your marriage. Walk over your finances. Walk everywhere. Because the more you walk, the more you possess. I'll keep on walking. Hallelujah. I'll walk over my children. I'll walk over my finances. I'll walk over my spiritual life. Hallelujah. I will walk every crowd. Because the more I walk, the more I possess. Hallelujah. Keep on walking. Brother Ram says, neighbors talk about you. Keep on walking. They criticize you. Keep on walking. Edo kept on walking. And he was no more. Nothing will stop us. We'll keep on walking. Keep on walking. Satan, you hate me, I walk. It is a season of victory. It's a season of victory. Young person, whatever you need, walk. Leave footprints. And say, I was dead. Mark your territory. Another Ephesians. Another Joshua minister. The Holy Ghost in the church. No man shall stand before you. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Wherever the child is, go to the child. Drive them out. Why Christ speak? God bless you, Rishi.
Hallelujah. Oh, maybe, brother, bring that scripture again, Joshua 1. I want the church to read it one more time. With an understanding that it speaks to you. Hallelujah. Folks, you may have challenges, but you're not going to be defeated. I'm making a promise. You are not going to be defeated. There will be ups and downs, but forward you go. Is it the song? Forward we go. Backwards never. Now, after the death of Brother Brenham, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, My servant is dead. Now therefore arise. After the death of a prophet, we don't cry. We arise. Because there's still more land to be possessed. Go over this Jordan. Thou and all these people. And unto the land which I do give to them. Even to the children of Israel. Quote the way it says... Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. Oh, sister, walk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Walk, my brother. That I have given unto you. As I've said unto Moses and Brother Brenel. Hallelujah. How many can say God has been glorified? God has been glorified. How many repeat of God has been glorified? Satan has been horrified. I've been edified. And I'll keep on working and possess every blessing. God bless you, Rishi. There is power. Hallelujah. There is power. There is power. Hallelujah. I'm part of that army. 
can hear the chains falling. So break every chain. Do you hear them? I hear the chain. a mighty warrior, great in battle. 
Brother Pierre just have something to say after this song. We'll just give him a few minutes just to say something while you are standing. Every voice in the building.
Thank you, Jehovah. Mighty warrior. Great in battle. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, thank you, brother. And I want uh, us to just remember that what I want to tell you is to glorify God's name and to say thank you and for me for with a thankful heart. Um, I might be my, my last or my second last service that I attend here because I have something to testify of. In the 13th of June, the pastor asked us to write in the Bible things that we, we are, want to ask for God, you know. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I will testify of one of the things that I asked. But I have faith that whatever else I asked and whatever we asked and wrote in our Bibles, it will come true. Mm-hmm. And we must just have the faith for it. And um, this was about a month before I was told that I will no longer have a job by February next year. And I believe God put it in my heart and already then gave me the knowledge to have the faith that he will, he will give me the job that he just gave me. And so on Monday, I, uh, I prayed to God. Just a week before, I, I received a, a quote from a brother that said, that Brother Marino says, you must distinguish between hope and faith. Yes. Hope, you can have faith, but you believe it will come in the future. When you have faith, you take it and you possess that and you say, this is mine. God has given it to me. And I can say amen to that because it happened. On Monday morning, I, I prayed on the bus and I said, Lord, let your will be done in my life. I have, I have nothing. I've applied to probably 80 jobs and I haven't gotten one call back. But I have faith that you will give me this job. And two, hour, two and a half hours or two hours later, I got a call from somebody in Boxburg who said, can you be here for, a, for an interview at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning? So I went, <laughs> I went to, that, to the interview. And it felt more like a talk than an interview, but it was very good. And then we went for a plant walk, and the guy said, okay, I, I will bring the MD. He will talk to you for five minutes. And he said to me, you know what? He spoke to me a bit, and then he said to me something. It reminded me of the, the sermon you gave on um, scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. You said that um, God is not working with this economy of ours, not the carnal economy. And the words of the man who gave me this job, he, was, he said, I don't know why I'm giving you this job because this economy is going down the drain. And I said to him, you know what? It's, it's because we look up to God. It's because we look to God. And his economy is not our economy. And he said, yes, that's it. So, yeah, I just want to testify that. I, I thank you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You remember when we spoke about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset? I said some people believe because I'm a white male, I cannot get a job in South Africa. You remember? Yes. And I remember you were sitting here. There it is. There are the results. <laughs> Brother what? I know you're dressed because you're on standby. I like men that are not... They say, I'll go to church in overalls. If they call me, they'll call me from church, not from home. I don't mind using overalls. It means commitment and dedication. I want you to come here. Just two minutes as well. Tell them how you move from, is it, ferrometals? 
to Columbus teeth. Amen. God bless. We glorify God. Amen. God bless you, saints. My journey started, um, was it not last year? Yeah, year before last. Um, it was early, or the year before that, end December, um, I was still at Ferro Metals, and we got a, a urgent email telling us that we need to cut, we need to cut costs drastically because the company, uh, Samenko, is going through um, a bit of a, a struggle. And December came, when passed, January came, and finally the company announced uh, Section 189. So basically it's a retrenchment um, that they were going through. And in that time, um, you know, you, you see people, you, you walk into the plant and people start counting because the LIFO system last in, first out. Yes. Now you look at people's clock numbers trying to determine your position in the company. And my wife constantly reminded me that, remember, this job that you have is not because you wanted it, it's because God gave it to you. And one day I went to Middleburg. Um, we've got another plant there. It's next to the Columbus uh, steel plant. And I walked past and there was a lot of, this was now after the, the retrenchments happened, there was a lot of empty offices. And there was a, a note on one of the doors that said, um, vacant offices to let, uh, rent free. And we went for a meeting, and mind you, I passed the office, and I saw a lady sitting in an office there. And I said, you know what? I want that, that job. And this is in a retrenchment year that the company is going through. Her husband was retrenched, and she moved to Hartapiersport because he got another job there. I got a call, or the, I, my wife was in hospital. This is now where the, the fun starts. My wife is in hospital, and we went to the bathroom. Um, she was pregnant with Gabriella. I got back to the bed, and I had a missed call on my phone. I looked at the number. I said, no, um, I know this guy is one of the managers at um, Middleburg Ferrochrome. I looked at the number, and I said, this guy is phoning to give me a job. My wife looked at me, I said, but I'm not going to phone him back now, um, because I know what it's about. Later on, he phones back, he says, listen here, your qualification, this and this. I said, no. He said, please send through your CV, because we're looking for someone. And I did that. I, while she was in hospital, I took leave. Gabriella was born, and I got a call for interview. I went for the interview. Uh, the HR lady said, no, um, by close of business, we'll let you know because we might need you to come for assess assessment tomorrow morning if you're successful. And in this, I look at the time. Hey, it's 3 o'clock, no phone call. 
Look at the time, four o'clock, no phone call. Mind you, HR or MFC knocks off at four in the afternoon. And I became so despondent in that. My wife is in the room with the, child, with the children, fixing them um, for the night. And I'm standing at the zinc, I'm doing dishes. And my wife could feel that something is wrong. She calls me to the room, she said, listen, um, I know you bought the dishes but it's mine now, you don't have to break it, please. <laughs> but remember your position. Stand in your position. You said the job is yours. Stay, stay there. It was five minutes to six. The HR lady phones me. Says, listen, tomorrow morning assessments. I went through for assessments. And again, you know, so, so easily we, we take that blessing and we want to give it away. There's this one guy that's sitting in front of me with two for assessment. This guy was there um, during the year. He, he was an engineer in training. So the company trained him for that, that specific position. And here I am competing with this guy. And they give us the instructions and they say, you're free to come and go as long as you finish in a set time. I just cannot start this assessment. I went to the toilet, took out my cell phone, and I got a message from Brother Mpanyama. And it read again that, claim what is yours. David went and he faced Goliath, knowing what God put in him. I went and wrote the, the assessment. On my way home, I pulled over and I asked, but, why are you giving away your job now? Because now I realized it dawned on me that, you know, so easily we give away the victory because we, we forget what, what God did for us. And later on, after a week or what, I'm back at work. They phone me back. I say, listen here, yeah, you're not successful yet, um, but we're going to do things differently. Normally, you'll just have an interview with the manager but because this job is so critical, we need you to come and sit in front of the whole plant's managers and the GM. Wow, okay. This is now another step up. Get into the car, get there. And just the comfort of knowing who sent you. And in this interview, this, this one, he's the safety manager now. He's quiet, looking out of the window. And I'm, while I'm answering questions from everywhere I noticed this guy hasn't asked nothing, he doesn't even look at me <laughs> all of a sudden he turns around and he says so what do you do if you're under pressure, what do you do when you're stressed I looked at him I said sir I close the door and I pray and the whole panel basically set up straight <laughs> And I realized, but you know what, this is mine. <laughs> this is, is mine. And just cut a short story short, even today, a year in, into the job, my manager still reminds me, you know what, I was hesitant to appoint you. I never believed that you'll be able to do this job. And I'm grateful today. And this all began um, on a Wednesday night when Pastor also said, Write that desire of yours in the back of your Bible. 
write it. And I mean, we're sitting in a section 189, and all I wrote was a promotion at job at, in my workplace, not knowing that God has a greater promotion for me. Amen. There's a lot that we can bring. Brother Lucky, you were rehired after retrenchment. Can you say amen? So that Brother Lawrence, we were rehired. This economy means nothing. We are depending on the power from our power. Brother Philip, are you still enjoying your work? He just goes there just to turn the water tap. The farmer to get water. The pumps. And you just drive around and enjoy a spoken way. <laughs> when you receive the gift of God, which is Malachi 4, it becomes the golden age. Uh, last night, uh, when I, I heard on the news that the petrol is going up, I said, ah, me, I'm not going to be depressed. Great companies were started during the Great Depression. So it, de- it depends what are you going to look at. If you're going to look at the states, you're going to be part of the states. But if you look at heaven, there's more coming your way. There's more coming your way. I'm just thinking of many, many testimonies. Brother... Uh, are you still fine with the business? Yes. Doing very well. Yesterday you were in Congo. Oh, all right. Okay. This man came here, became a waiter. The last first time I met him, it was at Capacini. And he moved it to spare. Now he owns his own company. He has just put up the ceiling and the tiles for the spa downtown and other great where you are depends on the decisions that we made five years ago and five years from today it depends what you make decisions that you make today and why I'm saying that I'm trying to show you there's faith without works is dead there's God, and there are still going to be great things that will come amongst us. Because we need to possess every inch of the ground. Don't be somebody say, if the brothers took about jobs, is it prosperity gospel? Let me tell you something. You will never be able to worship God when you are in debt. You will never be able... Brother Brenham tells Brother Ed Biscal, he says, Brother Biscal, whatever you do, don't get into debt. It's hard to worship God when you are in debt. And uh, I believe faith is the greatest uh, debt buster. Uh, I mean, rather than uh, depending on a 15,000 APSA credit card, why can't God grant you a hundred thousand that you don't owe anyone? Uh, are we together? So, uh, uh, these brothers are just giving you testimonies to demonstrate to you that this God is a current God. But I'm telling you, are you still employed? You got a job? 
God bless you. Yes. This God can do this. Are you? Are you okay? I'm just checking if people are accessing their blessings. Amen. Amen. Don't settle for less. Amen. God bless you richly. We are depending on power from above. Brother Chetty will come and lead us in prayer. There is another Congolese friend of mine there. Came. I remember Brother Grace when I met him. It was downtown at Price Breakers. Ne? It was at Price Breakers. Downtown. He was a security guard just checking people when they have bought the slips. Now, <laughs> all right, I'm putting him on the spotlight. Now he's a manager of a security company and he's got his own. Oh, yes. The reason we've got competitive advantage, we, believers, we don't drink, we don't run around with men and women, so we've spent a lot of time sober. So let's use our sobriety for the right things. Amen. Amen. We are depending on the power from above, and then we wrap up in prayer.
One more time as Brother Chetty comes. Somebody next to you, take your Bible at the back part of your Bible. Write your heart's desire. Scripture says, Delight in the Lord, He will give you the, your heart's desire. You can write now. When you when you write, it becomes a decree. Yes, sir. And one day you look at the back of your Bible and remember what you wrote. If it's a cell phone, you just take out your cell phone, put it on your cell phone and save it and leave it there. We are going to commit that request. Amen. You remember, the moment you write, you set your body in motion that I'm writing this. And there is a certain willpower that makes you to write. And that same willpower is the one that if you reinforce it, it becomes a faith that can bring what you have written down into a reality. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. But this morning we say we believe that all things are possible to them that believe. And we write it down, believing God, I'm committing this request Amen. to you. I know you will make it a reality. You can put it on your cell phone, can put it on your, at the back of your Bible, wherever. If you don't have anything, can put a mental note to it. As soon as you arrive home, write it. 
a sister just wrote and say, we are tired, I'm tired of not having a house. She wrote and put it at the back of a picture of a cloud. Her husband traveled somewhere and they said, we feel, we feel let to bless with something. They gave the husband the money that was needed to pay a deposit for the house. The husband did not know. They just said, does your wife love sweets? He said, yes. Then they brought a packet of sweets. When he got home, he was tired, and the kids were playing, taking out sweets. Right there, then they realized that there is actually enough money in dollars to pay for the house. If he did it to the Shunammite woman, he can do it. If he did it to the widow during the time of Elisha, he will do it for you. Amen. God bless. Amen. Just before we pray, I just thought I'll just add one more to the blessings, the wonderful testimonies to what our Lord Jesus has done. Uh, My contract was supposed to finish in the end of August, 31st. It was finished. It was was done. And at the same time, also, the life force system was in place. I was one of the last come in there and two of my seniors <clears throat> got demobilized and the contracts didn't even finish and the other supervisors my welding supervisor at Kusile with Marion Roberts <clears throat> they also got demobilized so it wasn't looking good but strangely I've got a call from my uh, manager uh, I must come and see him and he says look we're going to extend your contract um, then it's extended for a, a little while and um, just sign here and I signed there just a two, a two days after that I got another call from him I need to come and see him <clears throat> I came to see him and he says that direct instructions from the director that you would immediate effect to go to night shift because there's a night shift construction manager that's been demobilized and we need you to fill in his place. Uh, I was, I was, I, I, this, this was, this was way above me. You know, I, 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 you know, I typed like a peacock. You know, just slow and this. I don't have that abilities. Uh, Lawrence would know he worked under me. I'm sure would know. I don't have that type of abilities and that. Intellect and that capabilities, I don't have. I know I don't have that. All I do is just trust in my God wherever I go. And they put me there and I'm acting manager now, highest position there in uh, Kusile with Marian Roberts. And by God's grace, every day I'm overcoming. But this is the type of God. Amen. Amen. He runs the economy, church. So with that said, amen, we're just going to bow our heads. And under this faith, and under the revelation that has come even this morning, simple message, simple faith. And that stumbled the church in 1963 when the prophet preached the seventh seal. And up till now, these people, they just cannot even comprehend it. And they would make their own interpretations. But the simplicity of it is what has come this morning. If my word abides in you, and that's the seventh seal, 
That's the baptism of the Holy yes. Ghost. That's the same thing that Rahab looked on when she got that message that morning from the tape. And that's the tape that has echoed this morning. Mm. Amen. To us this morning. That the word of God is abiding with us. Amen. And no wonder the prophet even said when he could stand in the line. Amen. And he, and he would see prostitutes. They would come and get healed. And they would get miraculous deliverance. Amen. From cancer. And even AIDS. They didn't even call it AIDS that time. But they used to get delivered. But yet the church people at that time that were there so conditioned in church manners and ways and emotions, they didn't receive it that morning. And he said, because they wasn't sincere. He said, sincerity, I was just reading a book now, he cares. He said, sincerity is coming with an open confession to God. Laying your life before him, as the angel of God spoke this morning, and identified specific even sins in our lives and conditions that doesn't meet the requirements of God for us to receive our blessing. He cares, church. You care this morning. Amen. If we're going to believe that together and we're going to yes. say, Lord, what, what, what I have put down in my Bible, I've seen it manifesting in the children of God. I've seen them testifying. I've seen them running under the presence. I've seen them glorifying God because you have provided for them. Lord, I want to be sincere this morning, Lord. If there's things that's holding me back, if there's things like what Achan did right in the promised land, taken the pleasures of this world and hid it away, Lord, I want to expose it this morning. You don't have to come to the altar this morning. The altar could be right there in your heart this morning. So Lord, I'm in need, Lord. I, I, may, I may need that job, amen. I may need that extra money, but Lord, I, I've got a family, Lord. I've got responsibilities, Lord. And maybe one time of my life, it was my own responsibility. I drank and I smoked and I, I committed uh, filthy things and I, I used all the money for myself. But this morning, my focus is on the family, Lord. I've got a special need this morning, Lord. If you don't do it for me, do it for them, Lord. I'm surrendering, but if there's something that's holding back the blessing, Lord, I commit it to you, Lord, this morning. Right in your altar, you want to say, Lord, purge me this morning, Lord. I may have done things and said things. I may have not even spoken to somebody. I may have ill-treated somebody at church. I may have had wrong thoughts. I may have allowed filth to come into my home. I may allow things that is against the message, amen, to come against the word of God. I may have allowed it in my life. Say, Lord, purge me this morning. I give it up this morning. I surrender it this morning. I break the chains of it this morning, Lord Jesus. So that, oh God, that word could be fulfilled. That you said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you, Father. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, with the church and its confession this morning, yes. Lord, we have heard the chains of Satan and the bondages that hold us, dear Lord Jesus. And as message believers, so many times we get wrapped around the wrong ideas that we have to be. How humility is poverty, Father. Mm. Break that curse this morning, Father. 
One of the richest people like Colgate and Haynes, Lord, was all created by the message believers, Father. Israel leads the world, your God, in its, in its, in its, in its, Lord, in its, in its, in its ways of technology, Father. In its ways of vegetation, there's things that they could do that the world cannot do, Father. Yes. And that's the natural Israel, Father. And Lord, natural Israel, Lord, will be our servants, dear God, as we have prophesied in the scriptures, dear Lord. And there we, the spiritual seed of Abraham, the bride of Jesus Christ, dear God. Help us to get into that condition, dear Lord Jesus. Knowing when we get married to the bridegroom, Lord, after that, Lord, that wedding, dear God, when we come home to the honeymoon, dear Lord Jesus, we don't have to go to the fridge and ask, Master or, or husband, do I go to the fridge and what do I take? But we go with authority. We order the slaves around we open the fridge and take what we want to take. Amen. We access the kingdoms and the blessings of God because we are married. Amen. Yes. Let us get married to the word. Amen. Well, this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Ghost would make you do that this morning. Amen. So let us just believe like that. Amen. Heavenly Father, take your children this morning, Lord. Yes. Wrap them, dear Lord Jesus. Destroy and break every wall, Father. Lord, we know, dear God, the church, when they came from the upper room, Lord, the first church, dear Lord Jesus, and you came to bring us back to that faith, Father, to that seventh note plus that one that was eight, Father, and some magnification of that first note, Lord, back to the church. Lord, they came out drunk, Father. They were drunk, dear Lord Jesus. He didn't care what this world meant anymore, dear Lord Jesus. Help your children to be like that, Father God. Uh, not sensitized by the world, dear Lord Jesus. But when they were in one accord, dear Lord Jesus, each and every one, Lord, having their spiritual gifts, Father. If there was a time for healing, there was one that had that gift, Father. If there was a time for the discernment, Father, there was one in the church that rose up, dear Lord Jesus. If there was one for hospitality, Lord, Dorcas came and she sewed the garment for those saints that passed by, dear Lord Jesus. And because you had done that, dear Lord, you even rose up from the dead, dear Lord. And there's the hour that we live in, in Father, each one of us, Lord, with our little licks of fire, Father. Help us to understand that. Break that to the church this morning, Lord. Make them realize that, dear God, that each one of us need each another so much, dear Father, Lord, so that we could be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ right there in Woodbank, dear Lord. A super church, you said, dear Lord Jesus, with the bride and the individuals coming together in the body of Christ. Doing the exploits in this hour, dear Lord Jesus. Not something that we're waiting for, Father. This is the day that the Lord has made, Father. This is the hour, dear God, of the exploits, Father. It's happening, dear Lord Jesus. Lord, while the world is going one way, Father, we heard the testimonies of the salmon swimming upstream this morning, Father. Doing the miraculous, Father. Mm. Doing the impossible this morning, Father. You are here in our midst, Lord. Greater is he that's in me, Lord, and him that's serving the God of this world, Father. You are a responsible husband. You would never let your bride walk in the midnight hour alone to go to a convenience store, dear Lord. Yes. You would walk with the Father. 
And we sense your presence and we know that thou art with us and even in us, dear Lord, when we go to our jobs, when we need, when our family is sick, Father. But you said to whosoever will let him come, I will give him waters, dear Lord Jesus. Help the church this morning, Lord. Remove all unbelief this morning, Lord. Remove all chains, Father. And we believe that the chains have been broken, Father. We claim the victory over your children, Father. Even for this week that goes by, Father, give them, give them, Lord, the supernatural grace and the power that they need, Lord, to overcome Lady Osea and its challenges this morning, yes. Father. We pray and we claim these blessings, Father. Bless your servant, Lord, that has come faithfully to the word of God this morning and laid aside his time, his family, dear Lord. Yes. Laid aside and sacrificed this morning, Lord. Mm. Pray that you would grant him a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Father, and the church of God says, Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, it was a wonderful day. This is Teddy Paddy there. We want you to grab the mic and say it was a wonderful day. Have a blessed week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember you are a giant slayer under the Joshua Commission. God bless you richly. Have a blessed week and our visitors, we appreciate you. Your visit, Amen. It's a wonderful day. Is it a wonderful oh, day? Yes. yes. It's a wonderful day. Wonderful
Amen. How many say it's a wonderful day? Amen. I, let's leave it here. Least we keep you the whole day. Have a blessed week. God bless you richly. Amen. <laughs>